He's like, listen, ladies, I know that clearly I'm a womanizer, but <laughs> I can't hang out with you because you're students and it's illegal. And I'm like, man, wish Grundy had the morals of Dr. Beaker. Right. Come on, Dr. Beaker. Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 24-year-old actor and drama instructor. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the 100 script on Twitter. You can pull me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. And the trivia category that I wouldn't have to study for would probably be, like, is this like a real trivia category? No, you can just make one up. Okay. Um, uh, lost plot lines. Good. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. Like from the TV show Lost. Not Correct. just plot lines from Riverdale that got lost. Which are <laughs> yes. still many. Right. Yeah. Yes. And but my- also that. Yeah. <laughs> but also that. Yeah. <laughs> My name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 30-year-old journalist from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can find attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. And um, if I was doing like a trivia show cat, like quiz, what is the thing I have the most knowledge in? I know. The sheer idea of me even having knowledge is just, just the Property Brothers app. Stop it. <laughs> that is not nice. It's accurate, but that's not nice. Resin work. Voyager. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, Star Trek Voyager. Yeah. Okay. Home decor. Yeah. Thank you. Those are all the things I write about at (laughs) Dipley.com. Go like all of her articles. And my name is Samantha Coley. I'm a 27-year-old marketing coordinator from sunny pre-apocalyptic Washington, D.C. I'm a senior writer and the social media specialist at Telltale TV. I like over 40s OTPs and making playlists. I'm on Twitter at Sam Casey's where you can find me yelling about television and fangirling middle-aged actresses. The category that I would not have to study for is probably if Britney's claiming Voyager that I'm claiming Next Generation and also music maybe? Ooh, wait, bit, bit, MILFs. MILFs. I MILFs. would not have to study for MILFs. Joint category? <laughs> yeah. Joint I would, category. I would definitely have to study for MILFs, so I'm glad that we're all on the same team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we each have different um, specialities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's fine. Yeah. I also know a lot of random ass celebrity trivia from when I worked entertainment at Dipley. So, like, if you needed to know the age of Leonardo DiCaprio's girlfriend, 22, then I've got you. Thank you. <laughs> Today we have words to say about episode 411 of Riverdale. Quiz Show. Quiz Show is a 1994 American historical film based on a memoir called... I said memoir again. I, I said sure memoir did. last time, too. Have memoir. you tried being literate? Memoir. I'm remembering America, a voice from the 60s. It stars a bunch of people, including Ray Fiennes and Hank Azaria. Um, everyone knows that I love Hank Azaria. And you know what I realized while I was editing last week's podcast? Tell me. What? Is that, um, as many of us know, Hank Azaria portrayed a certain potentially racist character on The Simpsons for a very, very long time. Are you with me so far? Yes. Okay. Yes. And... I realized as I was editing that you guys said, ooh, do the voice, do the voice. And I said, no. Oh, and no. I just And I realized while I was editing that that might sound <laughs> horrible because Hank Azaria has done a very racist voice on The Simpsons. That is not what we meant. That is not at all what they meant. Would someone like to explain? We um, meant the voice so... from a character at Night at the Museum. <laughs> yes. Robin uh, loves the Night at the Museum movies. And particularly the second one, which... Stars Hank Azaria, where he has a hilarious voice as a what is what, what is, is he? he what is, well, he's supposed to be he's supposed to be an Egyptian pharaoh, basically. Like, yeah. But but his accent is not at all Egyptian, no. and also Hank Azaria isn't Egyptian. Yeah, I was gonna say, is he even Egyptian? This he, is still a problem, like, right? I don't know, because like he's supposed to be Rami Malek's brother. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know. It's really weird and funny and stupid. And he has this line where he's like making fun of Darth Vader. And Robin does the voice so perfectly because she's great at everything. Um, and it makes us laugh every time. And that's what we were talking about. <laughs> So I'm gonna insert a clip that moment. Oh, Hank Azaria. I don't. Voice. I'm trying to figure out like what the exact line was because I don't want to like insert a clip and then say it and then find that like the way I said it was like a little bit wrong or whatever. And then like mm-hmm. also like if he's not Egyptian, then I guess imitating it is also racist. But it's not even like an Egyptian that. accent. No, it's so it's like, like a dude with a lisp. Yeah, basically. So this is kind of what it is. So he's talking about Darth Vader. What are you doing? What is that? What is this? Is it, what does it mean? I don't, you've lost me. Is that you breathing? Because I, I can't hear myself think. Can I make one suggestion to you, my friend? Just simplify. There's just too much going on here. You're evil, you're asthmatic, you're a robot. And what is what is the cape for? Are we going to the opera? I don't think so. Sorry. Goodbye. This is the way that he speaks. He talks in an illith. He says, and he also uh, he talks like this. He, he changes it uh, just so that he starts talking like this. And so when he's talking about Darth Vader, he says, uh, "I don't get it. You're you're evil. You're asthmatic. You're a robot." I just don't understand. You're a robot. <laughs> You're a robot. So uh, that's the thing. <laughs> that's what they were trying to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> was that? And also because of the way he says robot, I now say robot. I say program. And I also yeah. and I also the the device that I'm reading all of my notes off of is my iPad. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I love Hank Azaria for that role Man, and not the other one. <laughs> see, this is why you need to see the birdcage. He's so funny in mm. the birdcage. I would like he to wears so- tiny little booty shorts and like sheer tops <laughs> that are like tank tops and roller skates. There's nothing funnier than that. <laughs> I would like to see this film. Let's it is do it. so good. Uh, anyway, continuing on about the quiz show, it chronicles the quiz show scandals of the 1950s. Despite the film's critical acclaim, it had a disappointing box office return. And like I said at the end of last episode, um, the quiz show scandals were basically just the producers starting to like help people in the quiz show, which kind of relevant happens to this episode. So that's pretty interesting. Um, uh, Sam, uh, toot or boot? Another newt Mm. from me. I was just bored. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I kind of want to boot it just because so much of it sucked. Well, but it wasn't as bad as last episode. Oh, I thought it was worse than last episode. But last episode, the message was do drugs. That's Mm. true. But this week's episode is accept money for things that make you uncomfortable. Okay. Yeah, I'll boot it. I'm, I'm also booting this episode. Um, I think... The only storyline I liked was Sharonica. Which was a really great storyline. Which was great, but yikes to all others. Yeah. Like, Kevin's made me uncomfortable and sad, and Archie's made me sad and angry, and Betty and Jughead's also, like, just was very frustrating. It's so frustrating. In in many different ways. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, the only one I enjoyed was Sharonica, and it wasn't even that long, so. I literally used the word frustrating in my review to describe Bughead. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Cool. All right, let's go into it. So, uh, we're gonna get Kevin over with. That's the one we're starting with, because, uh, because we don't want to talk about it that long. And we're just going to zoom right through it because, yikes. Okay, so I did the uh, summary for Kevin. It is maybe mm, six sentences long. Good. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so here's what happened with Kevin. Fang wants to get back together with Kevin, but Kevin is more interested in a random hookup with a dude he named Terry. He named him Terry? <laughs> he didn't need to do that. I'm going to just start over. I decided your name is Terry. Terry. <laughs> 
<clears throat> Fangs wants to get back together with Kevin, but Kevin is more interested in a random hookup with a dude named Terry. <laughs> Terry and Kevin's hookup goes sideways when Terry pitches that Kevin should record himself getting tickled on camera for money. Terry's gross. He's not into it, but he goes through with getting tickled by a guy I'm calling Beefcake Daryl for money. <laughs> Terry says Kev was so good at it that he can build a following and get paid a ton. Kevin isn't really into working with Beefcake Daryl again. <laughs> <laughs> Fangs, if you'd be into it. And that's it. And he asks Fangs, yeah. So basically, Kevin's on Grindem. We already knew about the the like grinder equivalent, which is called Grindem. We already knew about it. Mm-hmm. Um, Fangs wants to apologize. It's too late. To Terry apologize. already has a hotel. Is like, let's get going. Fangs, I find he just wants a second chance. He really does because he and Kevin got together underneath like the farm, and yeah. he didn't feel like that relationship was real. And so basically, he just wants like another chance to see if this could go anywhere. And I think that's valid i think that kevin is not in a good place yeah no no like i it's nice to see keller this episode but i'm also like do you know what your son's up to bud i want him to know what his son's up to because i want to see his reaction to that well like keller has always been so lovely especially in season one being like okay as long as you're safe like it's fine just make sure you're like safe yeah exactly he's a really good supportive parent but i think any parent you know regardless of orientation gender sexuality would be like you're doing what on camera for money? Yeah. Mm. Like, why are you doing that? And you're like, well, do you get naked? No. Oh, well, no. damn, all right. You're recording, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah, this is gross. Um, So, they're they're making out, and Kevin's just, like, giggling, and my next note is just stop the giggling 2020, because uh, it makes me uncomfortable. I'm like, it's I like so seeing icky. Kevin happy, but uh, why is everything with Kevin just, like, not good? It's this- transactional, or it's yeah. manipulative, or it's toxic, or it's abusive, and I'm like, he should be the voice of reason in so many circumstances. Well, like, also, I just wanted to say that the guy who plays Terry, like, he's looking at, he's out here looking for his big break in Vancouver, and he had to come on TV and say these words. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So sorry, sir. Is Terry just going on dates to recruit people? Yes. He absolutely is, because he literally is like, cool, Daryl's downstairs and waiting for us. Yeah, he's just a porn producer, but for tickling. (laughs) I will never think of the word tickle in the same way again. Oh yeah, it's totally ruined tickling. I think it was so funny how he was like, hey, have you ever videotaped yourself? And Kevin was like, yeah, but it sucked. And he was like, no, no, no. Why would you think that that's what I was talking about? Have you ever videotaped yourself getting tickled? Like, sure, that was a natural conclusion that Kevin should have come to. In what world would Kevin say, yes, I've done that? Oh, good point. In what world? Right. Look. So he makes $5,000 a video. um, And then suddenly I was supportive of it. And I was like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) Be like, oh, okay, for $5,000. Okay. Should I talk about Steve? Sure. I would like to. Okay. So, a few months ago, Mm -hmm. I had a really bad cough. You sure did. Like, in the way that, like, I had to go to the doctor to get, like, a puffer and, like, some serious cough medicine because I had this really, really horrible cough, which got... (laughs) I know. Did you just figure out what story it was? I remembered what story she's telling. Which, like, at some point, like, I started coughing so hard that I would, like, puke. Like, it was, it was not very good. And so, um, I tweeted about having this cough, you know, because it's part of my life and I tweet things that happen to me. Um, and this guy DM'd me and was asking me about my cough. And I was like, what a weird thing to DM people about. So I went on his page. Turns out this guy's into coughing. (laughs) (laughs) Into coughs, right? He, like, DMs, he searches for the word cough and then DMs anyone who, uh, talks about it, basically. Mm -hmm. Basically says they have a bad cough. And so he has these tweets that are, like, replies, and they're basically like, oh, how bad is the cough? I'll, if you send me a video, like, I'll send you money, 
like for the medicine or whatever. And I'm like, listen, I get my medicine almost for free due to health insurance. Thank you, Canada. Thank you, Canada. But I could use some money because I'm, because this is going to take minimal effort from me. Right. And it's easy money. And I'm just going to like. It's just like, coughing. Like it's not. Yeah. Like, it's not like going to take some dude's money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Basically. Right. I have this bad cough. Why not exploit it? Because right now I'm miserable. Yeah. Right. And I know that people like fetishists, they pay those big bucks for stuff like that. <laughs> right. So I'm like, great. Honestly, I could use the money. I have rent to pay. Exactly. Why not? Right. It's like, I will, I'm willing to do this and, like, feel a little uncomfortable knowing that this guy's, like, getting off on my coughs for, <laughs> for like, a hundred bucks. Did you know your mom sure. listens to this podcast? She doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. She stopped. She's busy. But, Mom, like, two years after this happens and you're listening to this, it, uh, well, okay, wait till the end of the story. Yeah. Basically, I'm like, so he's DMing me. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So he's DMing me, asking about my cough and everything, and I'm acting stupid. I'm like, oh, like, you're so nice for asking. Actually, like, this is how I feel about it. And he's like, oh, is it, does it sound like this? Does it sound like this? And I was like, I guess so. And he's like, oh, would you, like, send me a a video so that, like, I can help you or whatever? And I'm like, this guy thinks I'm not going to look at his freaking profile and figure out what the heck's going on here. And meanwhile, the rest of us are in there, like, a dirty shirt being like, ask him for money, ask him for money. Yeah, so I'm trying to find a way to, like, chilly be like, do you? saw on your Twitter that you pay for things like this. And so I basically did that. And he was like, yes, I do. And so I was like, great. Thinking I'm going to get like a hundo for like three coughs. You know what I, I mean? said she should mm-hmm. charge a thousand. Yeah. I was like, I was like, listen, I'm, I'm take- interested. Let's do it. Right. I'd take a hundo. Yeah. I take a thousand. I take a hundo for like Minimum. a cool, a cool minute of coughing. Okay. Yeah. And then if I do eight minutes, there's my rent. Mm? Yeah. Exactly. Also, I don't even know if this is in USD or CAD, you know? Anyway, so I'm like, okay, how much, right? This dude wanted 10 minutes of, wait, a minute, a minute of coughing for $10. Like, Like, sir, if you're going to pay for a kink, have the money. Yeah. And so I said, can I think about it? And he said, yes. And then I never talked to him again. And you know what? (laughs) To Steve's, like, what was credit? To Steve's credit. He was very polite. He was honestly, he was very honest. Mm-hmm. And after I said, can I think about it? And he said, yes, he never contacted me again. Okay. That is good. Yeah. So if to you're going to ask credit, the bare minimum from a fetishist, he totally met it. He was very polite. Except for the minimum uh, payment. Yeah. $10, not enough. So mom, I didn't do it. And I think she should have asked for a thousand. Clearly Steve didn't have the funds for my horrible, horrible cough. If there are any creeps listening to this podcast, though, mm-hmm. and you want to pay me a uh, hundred bucks Thousand. to, like, look at my feet per picture, I'm available. It's, um, a hundred dollars for one foot, one fifty for two. Yeah. <laughs> so, that was a shit's creep quote. Anyway, but, see, this is kind of different, though. Like, this is a, <laughs> this is a big question that I had about this storyline, was, like, is, are these videos going to like specific people who are paying for it or is this going on Pornhub? No, I think it's going on Tickle Hub. Tickle Hub? Thank you. Tickle Hub. <laughs> yeah, I've just invented it. Um which because, means that it probably already exists. Because I feel like that's different. Now it's like if you have like a weird friend who goes on Tickle Hub and they see you, now they know. You know what I mean? But I mean like how much humiliation can you really get from that? Because it's like, oh you get tickled on camera and it's like yeah I got paid five grand for like five minutes. Yeah. And everyone would be like <laughs> oh, man wish I was doing that. Yeah, not that, like, I mean, I'm not trying to, like, shame sex workers at all. I'm just, no, um... No, sex work is real work. 
I'm also asking, like, I'm pretty sure Kevin, like, we don't know if Kevin's 18. Like, just know your worth. And yeah. also, um, don't, don't get teenagers yeah. to, to be in porn yeah. because that's bad. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, really charge a butt ton for your butt. <laughs> So basically, in the next scene, Kevin's, like, shooting back alcohol because he has to get drunk. First of all, he's still underage, so he's not allowed to drink, and also now Mm -hmm. he's doing these. At some point, Kevin should have signed a contract. You know, like, this seems shady. Yeah, yeah, it's totally under the table, isn't it? Yeah. So it seems- so Daryl- Daryl does this all the time. Daryl's like, listen. Daryl. Beefcake Daryl. Beefcake Daryl. He's like, I'm doing this all the time. And what Terry said was that- people like when opposites pair up. So if Daryl's a beefcake, I think what Terry is saying to Kevin is that Kevin is a twink. See, I would call Kevin an otter. Mm. Like, he's, he's like, not big enough to be a bear, but he's pretty big, like, in terms of, like, muscles and stuff. Right. Like, you saw, like, he's pretty built, but he's, like, all smooth and stuff. So I think he's an otter. I don't think he's a twink. Okay, well, I don't know if I would call Kevin an opposite of Daryl. I wouldn't mean? call Kevin an opposite of Daryl either, and also... What was his deal with not liking Daryl? I guess it just made him uncomfortable because he didn't know Daryl. I I guess. I guess. But he was going to hook up with someone he didn't know for free. That's true. But I guess he had probably been, like, talking with Terry a little bit yeah. first. Potentially. And he, like, consensually went into that with an understanding of, like, what both people wanted. Yeah. And it was a hookup. And instead, this is just him getting tickled. Because this is the world we live in where we're talking about this, about a teen show. I would have to, like, go back and see... Yeah, to the people who listen to our podcast without having watched the show, so sorry about this, uh, uh, 10 minutes, 15 minutes that we're talking about this. Um... I'm not, because you would... It's unbelievable. Yeah. Bringing this up, but here's what Kevin did in this plot line. He got tickled for money. You'd be like, what the fuck? I, I just feel like when this started happening on the show last night, I was like, this is what people think Riverdale is. Yeah. And it is. Yeah. Why? What, Why am I doing what this? What you think Riverdale is, it always is. Yeah. Sometimes it'll be surprisingly good, but those times are fleeting. Anyway, like I was um, saying before, I think that, um, and I'd have to go back and look because I wasn't watching for this when I was doing my notes today, mm-hmm. but- Potentially, Kevin thought that he was going to do this with Terry, and then Terry was like, great, he's waiting downstairs. Yeah, probably. So, like, maybe that's what he agreed to. Okay, yeah, that would make sense. I, but I, I don't I don't remember. I would follow that, for sure. So, anyway, thank God they skipped it, because I'm super uninterested in watching that. Whereas, I really wanted to see it, because I wanted to see how weird it was. Like, if you're gonna no. bring up this storyline, show me how weird it is. Mm-hmm. Show me the shame of you writing this crap. What makes mm-hmm. Daryl so popular? Since you can work with other people, but Daryl's really popular. He's, He's a, a beefcake. I know, but is he the one doing the tickling? Do they switch doing, like, who's doing the tickling and who's being tickled? Or is Kevin always being tickled? Who's, who's the bottom? Yeah. Who's the top? That's the question. Yeah. Kevin's who's the tickly and who's the tickler? Kevin's being tickled. Yeah. 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 Oh, right, because he had a great laugh. Yeah. I like that laugh. I like that laugh. <laughs> like, how long, like, how many ways can you make tickling different, though? So, anyway, um, so Kevin goes to Fangs. Fangs does not deserve this. Um, poor Fangs. He's, Kevin, he's literally like, hey, I don't want to get back together with you, but will you perform some erotic tickling with me, please? What? Do you think this will end with them getting back together? Yeah. I hope not. I'm waiting for Sweepy to come save this man. Please. Hey, please. come get your man. <laughs> oh, you know what I forgot to say? What? At the beginning of the pod? Yeah. We got the um thing about the musical. We got the, like, little cast list page that we always get for the musical, and this is relevant to Kevin. Um, So you guys should stay tuned to the end when, uh, like, after we're done talking about this episode, we're going to go through some of the details of the, of that. So, yeah. stay tuned. And don't skip stuff, because Apple Podcast tells me y'all skip stuff. <laughs> you stop that. Unless you skip 
certain plot lines and then God, you're valid. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, that's all I had for Kevin. Can we please move on? Yeah, I'm done. I don't want to talk about Kevin anymore. Great, let's talk about Archie. Oh, oh man. man. <laughs> Getting it over with so we can talk about Sharon after mom. this. Mom. All right, Archie's is a bit longer, but it's no less stupid. Mm. Okay, I miss when Archie ran a community center. Yeah. With underprivileged kids and his husband. Mm -hmm. I miss that. Okay, here's Archie. It's Frank's first day as foreman, and Archie loans him Fred's tool belt. I'm sure there's no symbolism there. Dad Keller isn't thrilled that Frank is the new foreman because he remembers arresting Frank like a bunch. Tom tells Archie th that the crew never received their Christmas bonuses because he's doing the books like a responsible adult, and Frank is drinking with the crew like a scrub. <laughs> Tom tells Archie that Hiram wants to hire Andrew's construction to fix the plumbing in his prison. Archie refuses, and Frank backs him. Carlos tells Archie the guys aren't happy he turned down the government contract. They'll leave if they don't get paid. Tom catches Frank taking $200 against his salary. They get in a fist fight that I'm saying Tom wins. Yeah. yeah. He quits Andrew's construction and tells the guys to follow him if they want money. Frank tells Archie he used the money to place a bet at the tracks to get the guys their bonuses. He comes back with 10 grand. Archie feels that taking that money was like stealing from Fred. Their company has honor. Archie gives Tom his bonus and apologizes. Tom won't come back to Andrew's construction while Frank is there. Archie says he can't turn his back on family because he's stupid. Tom says Frank may be the end of the company. Okay. Archie is my son. Yes. I just want to say, screw this plot line. Screw the replacement dad plot line. I hate plot lines. <laughs> into it. I'm into it. Keep going. Okay, okay. I, I don't like any of this. Like, and Archie is so removed from the rest of the show, and I'm just sad. So, like, yeah, he was even, like, quiz show fever. He was like, Archie has nothing to do with that. You know, so he's just off doing his own thing. Mm -hmm. Frank has been in literally three episodes. At the end of the first episode he was in, he showed up, and I was like, I'm willing to give this man a chance. Yes. After last episode, I was like, I don't like this man. I don't support this man, but it looks like he's going to turn it around. This episode, I'm like, throw out the whole man. Throw, throw it throw out. Throw the whole man away. Throw him out. I don't like him and I don't want him to stick around. I just, I think Ryan Robbins is doing like a great job. So like whenever we say, oh, I hate this or I hate this, it's never at the actor's. Of it's course not. At, no. Here's here's how much this sucks. Like I would throw Hiram off of a cliff and then watch his body bounce on the rocks. But I want to be friends with, with Mark Consuelo. He seems like such a cool <laughs> dude. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, I hate Frank so much that I don't want him to be on the show anymore. But I also want Ryan Robbins to have a job. I can't Ryan, say his name. I'm sorry. Ryan Robbins is great. He's so great. But I want to punch Frank in the teeth. Which is exactly how I feel about Hiram. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, men around Archie need to appreciate Archie for, him, like, for himself. Mm -hmm. And not what... Archie can do for them. It's just like this man is interested in um throwing away every single second chance Archie gives him because he gives him like five yeah. in this episode alone, and it's like, bro, enough. Like I know Archie, I, like I under I completely understand why Archie wants to do this, and like he has a heart of gold, and like he's he, a good boy. He just wants to believe the best of people, and he's like, this is as close as he's ever gonna get to having his dad back. Yeah, but. He needs to, like, wake up and realize that this man is not his dad. I, before we even get into it, I'd like to talk about my whole thing about how I feel that Frank is manipulating Archie. Yes. Yes, because you did say a number of times when we were watching that this is manipulative. Yes. So, the thing, and I don't know even if Frank is doing it on purpose, but every single time Archie says, Frank, actually, we can't be doing this because... We have honor, we have yeah. loyalty, we have We think of other people, we're compassionate. Yes. We're nice people. Frank goes, you are so much like your dad, or... You remind me of him. Or you remind me of Fred, or whatever. That's what your dad would do, things like that. Yeah. 
Never does he say, well, I think, I think at the end of the last, like the last one, he's like, okay, like deal or whatever. But like, he goes, you're so much like your dad. It's like, he's changing the subject kind of. Yeah. And I also feel like he's saying, Archie, you're a moral person. And it's like, you're so much like your dad, but it's also like, everybody should be like this. Like, I think I have it. It's belittling. He's saying, oh, bless your heart. You're just like your father. You don't live in the real world. Which is so funny because the way that I kind of saw it was him like trying to flatter Archie. Saying you're so much like your dad so that Archie is just like, yeah. And it makes him like Frank more, Mm -hmm. which makes him want to give him a second chance. Hmm. I think, I think you can definitely read it both ways. It's like, it's like just both. I think it's definitely, yeah. I think there's something vaguely off about it that makes me wonder whether the writers did that on purpose, which maybe they did, or they totally haven't noticed that they keep him saying that, which is more than possible. Yeah. I think it's creepy and gross and rude. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Those are my thoughts. All right, going into the details. So first of all, when Archie comes down the stairs, Frank already looks like Fred from behind. Literally, that shot happened and I went, (gasps) because he looks like Fred. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, what I contributed to that conversation. Thank you. They made Frank foreman without even telling Tom. Like they didn't even call him the night before. Like they literally just showed up and they were like, hey, uh, Frank's the foreman now. Yeah, this is really bad business. A few episodes ago, um, Mary told... Archie, that Bick, who has been the foreman since season one, is wondering if he can buy the company. Mm-hmm. And Archie said he was so offended by this that he was going to fire Vic. And I was like, well, that's not really fair because obviously Vic does his job and he also knows that you guys are mourning and struggling. And so, you know, maybe he's doing you a favor by buying exactly. the company, you know? So that's why I was like so messed up by the fact that Archie was so angry. And now I guess this episode implies that he full on did fire Vic. And that's like not fair. Yeah. No, it's not. He Vic did nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. He saw an opportunity to not only help his own career, but to help out a family that he'd been working for for bare minimum five years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just went, um, well, screw you, I guess. Yeah. So that made me kind of sad. Tom says that he has arrested Frank a whole bunch of times. How long has Tom been the sheriff? Because if Archie doesn't even know Frank, like, I'm just wondering when he, when these arrests occurred. I, Mm -hmm. so we talked about this last night, but my theory is that I think Mary and Fred kept Archie away from Frank because Mm -hmm. he was such a bad influence. I could see it. You know, we should talk about this thing that we um, discussed on TV Co. on Tuesday when um, I think Joanna, who's at Veridissima, she mentioned that um, Fred at some point talked about having to go to AA meetings. Yes. And so I came up with the theory, which I totally pulled out of thin air, but Mm -hmm. um, I came up with the theory that he was kind of like sanctioned by the law to go to these AA meetings because of this DUI that he didn't even perform. Yeah, it's court-ordered rehab, basically. Yeah, and... um, And he went with FP, which is, I think, what Joanna was talking about. I think at some point they mentioned that they went to AA together. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so I thought maybe FP's also an alcoholic at that point. Fred used this as an opportunity to get FP in to the help as well. Yeah. Okay. Which would make perfect sense and would be so, like, quintessentially Fred. I really love being able to, like, take these things that happened in season one and, like, they literally, like, I don't even know if the writers think of these sort of things, but I've got these, like, little details that I just make up. (laughs) (laughs) And they make sense. So it's like, okay, sure. Mm -hmm. Another thing that I noticed about Frank and Archie's relationship, which I love about Frank, or uh, about Mary and Archie's relationship, is that unlike 
Mary and Archie. Archie is the one taking care of Frank. Frank is his uncle and his like his father's brother and like a like a superior in terms of like age. Mm -hmm. He should be the one taking care of Archie, checking on Archie, make sure, making sure that Archie is emotionally stable and doing well. He should not be offering drugs to his friends mm -hmm. and gambling away money. Like, I think this is Frank's version of helping. Like, this is how he thinks he can help because he doesn't understand that, like, there should be a morality in place here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Frank keeps stopping work early and just going to drink at Archie's house, which is, like, not what he was invited into him his home for. Nope. Where is Mary? Don't know. So they're all off yonder doing whatever, and Keller's the only one who's working. Because he actually cares. We stand. Fred never missed a year on bonuses and no one got their Christmas bonus this year. Because what? Because they didn't have the money and also no one was balancing the books. Probably like both. Probably yeah. both. And like the fact that Fred died probably meant they like took some time off. Yeah. Also. Right. So even if he died at like the beginning of school, they probably would have had like a period where they just didn't have work. Right. So. So Frank's telling the story that Fred tried to steal Seaside's mascot, which is Peter the Pig, and he got stuck, and it was, it's a pretty cute story. Respect. Yeah. And all I can see is, like, KJ playing Midnight Club Fred doing that. It was pretty Ooh, cute. Oh, I like that. Mm -hmm. Basically, Keller gets off the phone and he says, we've got an offer to work on in the prison. And it's a government job, so we're going to get lots of money for it. I think it's really important because we're not getting a lot of money. And Archie says, no, because we don't want to be working with Hiram. Should they take the prison offer? No. Yes. I think yes also. Brittany, go ahead. I think that the minute you compromise, I mean, I understand that there is a, a, a financial time when you don't have the luxury of holding on to morality. I don't think they're there yet. And I think that since Archie does have other avenues open to him, including selling the company to Vic and being able to pay the guys that way, he can afford to have the luxury of saying, no, I do not want to support like a dictator, a murderer, someone who tried to frame me, someone who literally drove me out of town, like a literal murderer. If he doesn't want to work with Hiram, I think that's fair. But if he also doesn't want to sell the company, what, what choice does he have without losing all of his crew? Well, and I think this is where I'm like, I wish the writers had like concentrated more on that moral quandary because if you look at it, he would have had those options available to him. But it's like they kind of forgot that that happened. Mm. And so I wish they'd explored that more because Archie shouldn't be in the Andrews construction plotline. He should be in his community center plotline, which right. is when I love him best. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I don't know. What are your thoughts, Sam? I, I think that they should have taken it because I think it's like, I think Archie, while he means well, is also still just a kid. And there's like, I feel like the government contract could have been, because like there's a lot of back and forth with working for like governments and stuff like that like you're also screwing over the people at the prison if you don't do it because they don't want to live in conditions where the plumbing doesn't work right yeah but where's the guarantee that Hiram would even pay him Hiram hates Archie like who's to say this wasn't a ploy to get Archie back under his thumb again uh one of the points that I wanted to make was just that Hiram is so busy with his rum I don't think he even looks at the prison anymore especially right. since he like mm, that's true since he like spent time there now he like doesn't want to be reminded of that time in his life I don't know and the only other like point that I want to make in regards to that and I see both of your guys' sides obviously it's just that like I trust the heck out of Tom Keller yeah <laughs> I trust him just let him do whatever <laughs> And there probably yeah. was a way to do the job where he didn't have to compromise his morals, of course. Yeah. Right. It's just that I think I support the idea of Archie not working for his literal and actual abuser. Right. So this prison was really expensive. Um, why is the plumbing bad or the drainage? I think it is. Like, what ha what happened? How did? Why, how is it already 
so bad. I mean, our building's brand new and everything breaks in it. I guess that's true. The other day, our mail room became a pool. <laughs> <laughs> that was really neat. And the fifth floor became a pool, but with poop in it. Yes, it did. <laughs> and lately, I've noticed that there's, like, flooring trucks and window trucks going in and mm-hmm. out from underneath. And I'm like, so what are you guys doing in this brand new building that's already built? Yeah. But I really appreciated the fact that Keller respects Archie's decision. And yeah. he do- they yeah. don't accept it. So Archie gets home. Later, he says, hey, Carlos, do you want a beer? So we've got Carlos. Hi. I'm like, who are you? And also, like, Archie, you can't even drink beer. But it's it's nice that he's, like, playing host. Yeah, I'm like offering. I agree. Mm -hmm. It's really cute. So Carlos is upset because he heard that Archie said no to the government job. He has friends who are working the gig and his like everybody's going to quit and go work for someone who's going to be giving them money because they're right now not making enough money. And I mean, it's their livelihood, you know, and they don't have a problem with Hiram. I mean, everybody has a problem with Hiram, but, like, they don't have a personal problem with Hiram, <laughs> They need you know? food on the table for the Yeah, family. exactly. And he's also, you own the company, how about you help us? See, I don't love that. Yeah. I don't think that should be Archie's role in the show. I don't think so either, and I also, like, if Archie's the owner of the company, I understand that, like, maybe for morale or for, like, camaraderie he needs to be helping, but also, like, if he's the owner of the company... I, what do I pay you for, Carlos? You do it. <laughs> but Fred was there. Yeah, also, exactly. My problem with this storyline is, um, my exact same problem with season three is that it's um, unnecessary. Hmm. Yeah. Wherein we really like the community center plotline. Like, it's a great story for him, which is like, started off really great. And now they've thrown him into this other thing, which is like, too much and he should have just sold the company and like we shouldn't be having to deal with this but we are yeah this this storyline is the farm of the archie storyline and i mean we were talking about this earlier like when we were eating dinner is riverdale does this thing right around like right after mid-season where they need to like throw in a couple filler episodes before mm-hmm. they ramp up to the finale yeah so that's what like these episodes serve which is why they're so meh is because like they're kind of just there until we can get to the big plot which is jughead dying they're just for funsies except i'm not having funsies exactly mm-hmm. so i'm like if you're gonna do it make every plot line like sharonica yeah. Yeah. Totally. Just for funsies. Make them like, funsies. And I'm saying, as stupid and ridiculous as Kevin's was, it was more entertaining than Archie and the construction crew drama. Yep. I guess it was more entertaining, but it sure did make me uncomfy. Yeah. Yep. I mean, two things can be true. So Frank stole $200. My next note was just throw the man away. He's not being rehabilitated. <laughs> yeah. He's supposed to be being rehabilitated and he's not being. Mm-hmm. You know, like, what's the point? Exactly. Yeah. So he has a fight with Keller who quits. And one of the most important details in the scene for sure, like, like a very, very easy to miss is that Archie goes into the fight and gets pushed away. And you think, ah, Frank cares about his nephew. Nope. 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 The person who pushes Archie away is Tom Keller because he cares about Archie's well-being. And like the writers or the director chose Keller to be the one yep. to be um, pushing him away. I don't know if that was in the script or not. But I think it's a direct message to yeah, the viewer. Yeah, but it's a direct yeah, yeah. message that Frank was not the one who cares that much about as much about Archie as Keller does. It yep. was literally that Keller's instinct is the kid first. Yep. Frank's yeah. instinct is Frank first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. True. And like, as a character, you know what, that's totally fine. That's an interesting trait to have, except that Archie has literally just lost his father. Yeah. Someone needs to be putting him first other than Mary, who we barely get to see. Yeah. So he says that he borrowed the money against his future salary. And I do think that you um need permission for that or like, just wait. Like maybe, maybe like the gambling aspect like had to happen now for it to work. 
But since they didn't establish that, I right. didn't say that. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't, he doesn't get permission. Like in Stranger Things, yes, I was good. Yes, Joyce asks for an advance. Yes, and she gets a permission from her boss. That's exactly what I was thinking. She doesn't steal money from the cash register yeah. to go gamble to like save her kid. Yeah, like shut up. Does she manipulate Melvald or whatever his name is into giving her the money? Sure. Yes. But did she deserve to manipulate him after years of being underpaid? Absolutely. Also, also yes, but she didn't do it illegally. Exactly. Nope. Yeah. He could have so easily waited, but because Frank's way is do it, do it now, and do it any way possible, regardless of the morality, he did it this way. Yeah. Which is probably what drove um Frank so nuts about him. Is mm-hmm. like he had no sense of patience or thinking about other people other than take care of the bottom line. And mm-hmm. while he his heart was in the right place, his brain was not. Right. So he's embarrassed to ask his nephew for money and That's so he, totally fair. Yeah. So he was gambling to help with the bonuses. Um, all he needs is a super quick fix. And he's, and so Archie's like, oh my gosh, you were gambling with it? And he's like, actually, I was trying to help everybody, but like, go ahead and think the worst, Archie, because everybody does. And I was like, bro, you were gambling. Bro, you literally took the money, didn't tell Archie, and bet it on some horses. Yeah, like, your intentions don't really matter here. And is that really a sure bet? Because horses... This is another manipulative thing that he's doing is like, okay, Archie, you're the bad guy because I did a bad thing. Yeah. So I really hate him. (laughs) So um, later he gives the money back. It was $200. So he gives it back and he turned it into $10,000. So now he can pay the bonuses, but it's still super irresponsible. He was like, are we good, Archie? And I'm so proud of my son Archie for saying, actually, like, thanks for the money, but we're not good. I love that both physically and psychologically, Archie is actually not afraid of confrontation. Yeah. And he knows how to express himself in, like, a really healthy way. I love him. He's like, listen, like, I understand that you're my uncle and that you did this out of goodness of your heart. But this was the wrong thing to do. Yeah. And I was like, that's, that's my son! That's <laughs> my son right there! He's a good boy. So he goes, stop stealing and being bad. And Frank goes, man, your dad said stop stealing and being bad. Isn't that so <laughs> crazy? Huh, I've heard this before from your dad, and I didn't stop. If anything, he just got worse. Literally. Yeah. So Archie goes to talk to Keller and Pops. Keller says he really appreciates the money and the apology, but he's not coming back if Frank is still in here because obviously that's a very toxic place for our friend Tom to be. I support that mm-hmm. choice. So he says, listen, good luck. I hope this isn't the end of your dad's company because you trusted this man. I understand that he's your family, but uh, I can't be there. Sorry. And I mean, I think it's a good lesson that if, if your family is creating a toxic environment for you or making your life harder, you have every right to say no. So yeah. when will we see Keller again? Uh, gosh. Uh, season five? Looks at wrist. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Next season? Yeah. That's what I had for Archie. Cool. Same. Yeah. Hey, Brittany, can you tell me about Patreon? Yeah, Patreon is a service where you can donate monthly to your favorite creators. Tell me more! Oh, okay, so like, um, for example, we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash autos, and we really appreciate every donation, which starts at a dollar. That's it's it? it's like a freaking bargain, yeah. I know, because all of those money go to our hosting fees, which are $150. Actually, it just got right, it's $180. Yeah, it's $180 now. Um, and we have five podcasts, so we need your help. Please. Our donations do start at a dollar, as I mentioned, and you do get perks like early access to our podcast by at least a day, mm-hmm. and every December we also send out um, custom made and written postcards to all of our patrons. Yeah. 
Brittany designs them and they are so cool. Yeah, I really liked this year's. I was mm -hmm. really happy with that design. Yeah, but uh, something you can do if you don't have the funds for Patreon, and even if you do have the funds for Patreon, please uh, recommend us to a friend. We do yes. have four other podcasts as well. So if you or one of your friends like any of the shows that we do, feel free to just recommend them because I found that um, people are a lot more more inclined to listen to a podcast if somebody has like specifically said like I think you would like this you know what I mean mm -hmm. so yeah that would be really helpful and also if you guys want to if you are looking for other ways to help us doing those little stars on iTunes is really helpful because every five star one that we get it like brings us higher up in the search results yeah. so if somebody's searching Riverdale podcast then we'll come up higher so we would really appreciate your guys's help in any way um because like we said our podcasts are now 180 dollars a year and we have five of them oh god yeah we um we really uh took on more than we could chew this year yeah yeah please help <laughs> <laughs> help us please god all right uh sharonica finally a storyline i actually enjoy yes even though legally it makes no sense either oh yes <laughs> also before we start, Sharonica, I just wanted to say that the amount of times that we see them just, like, taking shots of their own rum, they're drunk all episode. I love that for them. I don't know how they answer one question in the trivia game, <laughs> because they're drunk the whole time. If anyone deserves to be drunk, it's Ronnie. Mm. That's true. Okay. Cheryl and Veronica go to their chemistry teacher, Dr. Beaker, <laughs> <laughs> to get him to analyze their rum and tell him it's different from uh, different enough from Hiram's to get around his patent. Because drinking with his students is wrong, but helping them with their questionably legal rum business is totally okay. Okay. Yay. Hey, you don't make the rules. It's 51% different and they patented, patented their own version. Take that, daddy. The war's back on. Yay. I wish you hadn't said daddy. <laughs> I put that in there and I was like, am I going to be brave enough to say it? I was. You did it. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> Hello, and my wife daddy. Was mad at me. <laughs> Hello, mom. <laughs> Cherry bomb. Cheryl and Veronica need to keep innovating to stay ahead of Hiram, so they decide to reopen Le Bon Wheat as a dance club. They'll hand out samples of rum and take orders on the side. I was not mad at that idea. No, I'm not either. Uh, Le Bon Wheat is for flourishing as a dance club, and this episode fully says Sharonica writes. Mm -hmm. uh, that is until Hiram shows up and ruins the party and makes everyone uncomfortable with his muscles and a sledgehammer. <laughs> <laughs> he raids the club and smashes the absolute hell out of their stock of rum on site. It's unfortunate. Yeah. And questionably legal? Yeah. They decide they need to relocate and reopen the Maple Club. They call about all the richest creeps in Riverdale and get them uh, on the list for their exclusive so social club. I love hustlers. Uh, they need a live-in manager, cute Penelope. Everyone's got at least one murder parent, and she's our favorite. True. With the Maple Club f flourishing, uh, Hiram... Uh, sorry, Alice is also a murderer. Oh, heck! Oh, oh heck! Oh, no! Well, okay. She's our favorite, um, uh, uh, villain murder parent. Sure, yeah. So anyway, with the Maple Club flourishing, Hiram raids Lebonwi again, finds nothing... Penelope doesn't want to wear a mask, but that's just too damn bad. Mm -hmm. She's also got an ankle monitor on and she can't leave. Yeah. <laughs> Sucker. The end. So I noticed that Cheryl and Veronica both are quite prevalent in the trivia, in the quiz show storyline. Mm -hmm. But um, in this storyline, they don't even mention it. Yeah. <laughs> they don't yeah. talk about, like, at no point do they ever just, like, 
hey, man, had a great time at trivia practice with you. Anyway, let's keep going. You know, it's just yeah. like they completely ignored it. Which Probably because that weird. would sound dumb. But it just, like, it didn't, the, the episode felt disjointed. Totally. I would not be surprised if they, like, sliced up different episodes. Mm. Mm. Oh, interesting. I mean, this show makes no sense anyway. True. So we have Dr. Beaker, and we actually <laughs> we actually did already know that that was his name. We've had him before, I remember. Um, and But Dr. Be- Dr. Beaker be thinking they're inviting him for drinks. He's like, listen, ladies, I know that clearly I'm a womanizer, but <laughs> I can't hang out with you because you're students, and it's illegal. And I'm like, man, wish Grundy had the morals of Dr. Beaker. Right. Come on, Dr. Beaker. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. So they're making sure that the recipe is different enough and it turns out that it is it's 51% different and just wanted to give a big old shout out to our girl Casey from uh, last episode who got the percentage exactly correct. That was uncanny. That was pretty incredible. I also want to say um, can you imagine being Dr. Beaker? Like you're just minding your business and two of your students come up and you think they want to get drunk with you but what they actually want to do is pull you into their illegal rum making enterprise and your first thought is okay okay sure sure yeah, sounds fun. Yeah. yeah, were they offering him also some rum? Either way, like, doesn't he have, like, an obligation to talk to the cops about this? Anyway, so now they have a patent, and they're going to hand out free samples at Le bon Nui, but they're not going to sell it. Which but, they make sure to tell you. Totally. But once the, like, police get there and they see all of the stuff on the premises, how can you prove that? How can you say I wasn't taking people's money for this, you know? Because you can literally straight up say... We're giving it out for free. Right. But with all those bottles on the premises, how can you prove that you weren't taking people's money and stuff? Cash register. Well, then they'd be like, okay, where is the cash? Exactly. Is it on you? Is it in your room? Yeah, but they keep looking for it because it's Hiram. Yeah, but here's the thing. They could challenge them forever and they'd still not be making that money. That money still wouldn't exist. I, I just think that like you can't really, especially when they're teens and they're not even supposed to be selling it. Yeah. That either way, like Hiram's going to find a way to like... The part where they're teens and they're not supposed to be selling it is the most believable part to me. Yeah. Yeah. So they're going to make it a dance club, which I guess I like better than the speakeasy. I liked the speakeasy for the aesthetic of the speakeasy. Yeah. But I like that this is like filled with mocktails because like I love mocktails. I think it's cute. <laughs> so we're getting some top-notch Sharonica content with the dancing. We have the raid. Hiram like breaks the door and all of the rum and we can definitely sue him for damages. That's right? straight up vandalism. Yeah. It's vandalism on private property and the cops are just sitting there like doo, doo, doo. Did anyone else get super uncomfortable when he, like, took his jacket off? Yeah. I literally, literally, I think, to the TV went, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Like, why are you getting naked? Like, stop. (laughs) Put a shirt on, but also maybe don't. Like, Mark Consuelos looks great. Like, I don't care how attractive Mark Consuelos is. I'm uncomfortable. Yeah, that's right. Also, like, later when they're like, oops, looks like it got raided again. (laughs) Haha, we're not there. I'm like, patrons are going to stop coming to your club if it keeps getting raided every single time they go. Be like, ma'am, why did your business fail? Uh, My dad kept raiding it with cops. Yeah. (laughs) So she's like, oh, don't worry. Like, a new batch is brewing. But, like, doesn't it take, like, a month to brew? No. I I think, well, someone on Twitter said it did. And that the one that they are selling must be really garbage because it's not brewing for very long. Probably. Mm. I guess maybe you can afford to do that when, like, most of it's maple. That's a good point. It's true. But, like, even though they're like, it's okay, we're brewing more. I'm like, okay, but you, like, lost a lot of money there, right? Yeah, they lost a ton of money. Yeah. And all those beautiful labels. So they're going to go to the maple club and they're going to use the maple club. Um, Which, Brittany, you called when we were watching. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Very great. Congratulations. So what do we think about when Cheryl walks in and they're talking about how, like, it wasn't very feminist of her to own a Bordeaux? Mm. 
I was like, literally Cheryl at some point goes like, she's no hero to the cause. And I'm like, I don't know. I feel like you can own a sex club and be a feminist. I think there's something that Veronica actually says that is something like that. Yeah, like I believe very strongly that you can own a sex club and be a feminist. I think, if anything, you should be roasting Penelope on being a literal murderer. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't be worried about the sex club aspect. Okay, but is a former cat house really on brand for our female empowerment startup? Exactly. That's what it was. And like, it's... It's completely on brand because sex positivity is a thing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And also like everyone there was there consensually. And like even if even if they weren't reclaiming it for something else is also cool. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like if Penelope was if there was no consensual things happening there, reclaiming that space as like a female positive like hashtag girl boss um <laughs> space is Ooh. great. Yeah. I think this is the exact right place. Um Yeah. Yeah. So, also, Cheryl says that the rent is prepaid, so, like, get going, bro. I wish we had prepaid rent. Yeah. Um, it ha- they have the names of people who will pay, so they gave them a call. It's, like, a really cute little, like, montage thing that I love. It's so wholesome. But they said that they, oh, they can't do it alone because they, oh, they have to go to school. And I'm like, oh, when do you care about school? Thank you so much for saying that. Because <laughs> I've been asking for years. Do you know how afraid I was, go- I was that they were going to pick Nana Rose? <laughs> oh, no, Nana Rose. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. No, they, they said that and I was like, Penelope! <laughs> so they asked Penelope, who literally has to or they'll turn to her, her into the police, basically. <laughs> and honestly, she looks like she's been thriving in the bunker. Yeah, she does. She looks great. She's drinking wine. She's hanging out. I'm yeah. like, oh, okay. So, like, you're going to eat, pray, love your way through your murder charges? Sure. Mm-hmm. Um. So, everyone's parents are murderers. Let's see. Archie doesn't have a murder parent. He sure doesn't. Veronica has a murder parent. He has mm-hmm. two. two. Two murder parents. Yeah. Betty has two murder parents. But one of them's a good guy. True. Yeah. Jughead's parents, I don't think, have killed anybody, but have definitely helped out with covering them up. Yeah. Kevin doesn't have a murder parent. Well, Keller has killed people. But, but like, in the line because, of duty. Yeah, because he's the, the sheriff. Cheryl definitely has two murder parents. Oop. And a murder uncle. True. She wins. Yike. So they're going to make maple-themed drinks, and they talk about Mr. Arclight, who was actually at the Maple Club in season three. I remember. So um, I like that they're bringing people back. Same. Like, they said that they were bringing people back, and they're proving it because they're using the same names. Yes. Yeah. So very cool. Penelope has to wear a mask. Angie's wearing a proximity sensor. I love that Tony so, yeah. is all of a sudden part of this. Yeah, for some reason. I'm like, I don't I don't need an explanation. Thank yeah, you. like, sure. Anytime they, they actually use Tony for, like, more than two seconds, I'm, like, grateful. Yeah, I just wish she was doing something that she wanted to do and not something that Cheryl was doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. She is still just a prop in Cheryl's storyline. Yeah. And then Cheryl mentions that the bunker is a pet petri dish of a teen sex bunker. That is disgustingly yep. accurate. It's mm-hmm. disgusting, but like Cheryl's She's the right. only one that brings up the fact that everybody does it in there. Exactly. You. Like, what? I'm just, I'm so sorry that I'm going to say this, but like it must smell so Ew, bad. I'm sorry you said it too. But am I wrong? <laughs> no, you're not wrong, but you shouldn't say it. Um, um, and then just shout out to Natalie for the eye acting because she has so a mask good. on. <laughs> Can you imagine showing up to work and they're like, yeah, so we're just putting a mask on. You'd be like, okay, okay that means someone else does. She gets to sleep in because she doesn't have to get makeup. No, good point. It's true. Just eyes. Yeah. And uh, okay, that's it for Sharonica. Do you guys have anything else to add? This is pretty short because uh, it was kind of a boring episode. I just want to say that I do like their their different, the different kinds of drinks that they come up with. Mm. Like, 
the different maple drinks, and the uh, coffee-infused sodas that mm. she mentioned. Yeah, at, that was pretty cute. Uh, Le Bonnui. I, I don't know. I, I would like to visit her establishments and have a have a gander at the menu and mm. enjoy a beverage. Yeah, uh, it's pretty like it's pretty Portland hipster barish. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, okay, I'd go there. Mm-hmm. So for the last storyline, we connected uh, Jughead and Betty's storyline. So this is going to be like a long one, but they interconnect so much that we be just kind of had to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so starting out, um, you know we had to do it to him. You know we had to do it to him. Uh, what the heck is quiz show fever? Do you want me to do, do you the, want summary want the summary? First? Yes, but also first, can you tell me what quiz show fever is? Um, it's when you're really, really, really into watching Jeopardy, like that one week where all you and I did was watch Jeopardy. Right. Yeah. Okay. Is that what it is? That's what I sure. decided it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So Bunkhead opens this episode with some underage sex in the middle of the morning on a school day. Yeah. Yeah. Betty gets slut shamed on her way out of out when she meets Brett. Everyone got in to yell but her. Life sucks. Jughead gets a meeting with the Baxter Brothers board and they want a se- serial killer story. I think you'll find it's called the Baxter Brotherhood. I oh. cannot believe they did that. <laughs> like, but you can you can you imagine I, if they missed that opportunity? I was wondering why mine sounded wrong. That yeah, that makes yeah. way more sense. The Baxter Brotherhood. Stupid, I gotta go. It's stupid, but they had to do it to them. <laughs> Bad do it to him. We're um. Anyway, they want a serial killer story. He could use the black hood, but he doesn't want to do that to Betty. So he asks his big brother Charles to get the tea on the biggest serial killers the FBI has on file. Bonding. <laughs> Riverdale takes on Seaside High in the quiz show finals, and the girls kick ass. The whole episode should have been this. The mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. I can't believe they did that. <laughs> Betty doesn't know if they're good enough to beat Brett, though, so she gets also gets help from her big brother Charles, asking him to hack the creep and get some dirt on him for her. He also promises to get her answers about Yale, too. Jughead presents to the, the Brotherhood, and they decide his story feels forced. DuPont pressures him into using the Black Hood, even though he doesn't want to do it. The board likes the story and tells him to pursue it. Charles finds out that Brett's parents bought his way into Stonewall and probably Yale, too. Betty confronts them, and Brett has no defense, so he throws Jughead under the bus and exposes that he's been writing his novel about her personal tragedy. Jughead tells her he wasn't going to do it, but she catches him omitting the truth again because he's done it like three times in a row now. Yeah. Charles tells Betty that she didn't get into Yale because they didn't want the daughter of the Black Hood, something completely completely out of her control. Jughead confronts Brett about messing with his relationship with Betty. Brett tells him that he did it to win the quiz show. Winning at any cost is what the Quillen School members do. Hmm. Gross. <laughs> Betty goes to get some cathartic closure and smashes the heck out of Hal's gravestone. It's what she deserves. Alice finds her and comforts her. Jughead comes over and apologizes and figures out a way to make it up to her after their fight. He wants to help her win and get into Yale anyway. It's quiz show time and Jughead brought Betty a Yale recruiter and Alice got her the answers. Yikes. We don't see if Betty- They helped in their own separate ways. (laughs) We don't see if Betty looks at them or not before we dive into the finals. Betty nails every answer with scary accuracy and in the end it comes down to a tiebreaker that we know Betty can answer because she used to take cars apart with her bare hands. They win and everyone is so happy. Uh, Betty tells Alice that she didn't cheat. She threw the answers away and that's not going to come back to bite her. Oh no, it immediately came back to bite her. (laughs) (laughs) Their quiz win is over. Uh, is turned over and she's suspended. Oh yeah, Alice got fired too. Jughead confronts Brett because he's a jerk and challenges him to a duel because that's a thing. (laughs) Brett can't wait to watch Betty cry over his dead body. Flash forward, she's mourning him at Pops and uh, Barchi are holding hands. Weehawk. Dawn. Weehawk in. Oh my bad. Dawn. Hey, I got pretty fucking close for an idiot. 
<laughs> I'm about to say something controversial. Oh boy. I have a hot take that you guys might not be interested in. I'm really excited because I'm sitting next to you, so if I don't like it, I can just hit you. I have started to enjoy watching Brett. No, I, I actually do agree with you there. Oh, he's like a terrible character, but that actor plays it so entertaining. He relishes it. He was not fun to watch. Until I feel last episode. Mm -hmm. Even his stuff in the, like, I didn't even like his stuff, like, during the party. Mm -hmm. But specifically the part where he goes, okay, oh gosh, Betty, I have to go. You can quote me, though. Yeah. He started being, like, he became a sniveling little mean girl. And yeah. it was like, oh, okay, so you're, you're that bitch. Like, you're, you're that idiot who has an inferiority complex and has to be bought in for everything, so you hide stuff by just insulting people. And I'm like, I've known dudes like you my whole life. He is now, he's less Snape, who, like, you look at and you're like, you're mean, you're, you're angry, you're dangerous, I don't like you, you make me feel bad. And he's more Draco, who basically is just like, I can't do anything, I'm, my father will hear about this, Blah. you know, which is, like, more fun. Yeah, he's just, he's a rich dumbass. Yeah. Also, He's, sorry, no, go ahead. I had nothing more to say. Oh, I was just gonna say, I love how they looped in the um, Felicity Huffman, Lori Loughlin school mm, scandal. Right? Yeah. That was Varsity hilarious. Blues, which was last episode. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Which I also brought up, thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks to my job where I used to write about celebrities. Mm. But now I write about home decor. Yay. Lifestyle. <laughs> I just like, I really enjoyed watching Brett this episode just because like every single thing he would say to Betty, he'd be like, okay, Betty. Bleh. He's sniveling. He's so annoying. He, he is so that annoying. nickname that James Potter gave Snape. Snivelous. He is snivelous. Yeah. Anyway, he's... He, I find him much more enjoyable to watch, and I don't know when the flip happened, but, like, I just found myself being like, ooh, is Brett gonna come and do something silly? I think <laughs> the actor got more comfortable in the role, he stopped playing him as something menacing and played him more as an annoying bully. And so, like, you don't think of him as dangerous anymore, you just think of him as a guy that you want to punch because that entitlement is so delicious to want to destroy. Oh yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that because, um, it kind of reminds me of like the show. Like we watched season one thinking that it was a serious show and then we realized that it wasn't. <laughs> Can you imagine how stupid we were? Oh my gosh. We were so mad. And I can't, like, we literally were like, like, we don't want to do season two, but I guess we'll give it a try. And then we're like, this is my life now. Like, um, oh, this is this, this is the best garbage I've yeah. ever watched. I deserve this. But I think that like Sean, I think his name is, who plays Brett. He, I feel like, was taking Brett seriously. Yes. And now he's, like, realizing He that knows what show he's on now. now he yes. knows what show he's on. At first he was like, wait, why don't these plot lines make sense? And then he was like, <laughs> oh, okay, they're never gonna make they're not sense, gonna make so sense. I should just have fun with it. Right. Yeah. So going into my notes, um, if I never see pre- or post-coital bughead again, I'd be happy. It would be too soon. I don't want to see it anymore. I don't- they're teenagers. Like, no no shade to Cole and Lily mm -hmm. at all. Yeah, I'm sure they're they great. have I hope they have their off time. That's not where I was going, but okay. <laughs> I'm glad that their relationship is flourishing, but... Exactly. Sorry. Um, I just... They, they seem to forget on this show that they're playing teenagers, which... Yeah. I'm also not shaming, like, any, like, 18-year-olds who are having sex. Keep it safe. Yeah. If you're gonna have sex, have safe sex. Even if you're underage. Even Please if you're underage, sex. just mm -hmm. have safe sex. And, but I'm just like, these are teenagers and I don't need to see them like 
having sex on the in the morning on a school day. Yeah, y'all nasty. It's Aren't a school day. Where has Brett been all night? That's why I loved when Betty was leaving and he's like, great Betty, thanks bro. I thought I was going to be late for class because y'all took too long. Didn't know you had the stamina. Bye. Well, when I was re-watching wow, it, weird. when I was re-watching it, Jughead even says, Thank God for Brett's morning workouts. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I'm right, just like, right, right, right. So Brett, <laughs> but Brett, like, finished Brett. his morning workout and has been, like, walking by. And waiting like, for the sock to come off the door. Yeah, like, literally, and also everybody knows what it means, and also apparently the doors don't lock, like, if we remember, like, from the moose right. debacle. And so, like, <laughs> literally any other student is walking by and being like, ugh, something gross is happening in there. Yeah. Exactly. Can you imagine if that was you, like you specifically? You'd be texting us going, the sock is still on the door. Please save me. Also, Jughead's on the top bunk. That means Betty has to like climb a ladder every time she wants to go up there. Y'all gonna break the bunk bed. They They probably are not (laughs) built for that. So Jughead is very happy. The first draft of his novel is in. Everything is good. Um, He didn't tell her about Yale though, so now she's mad. Yep. Then we have Brett. He thought he'd be late for class because they were t- taking too long. Go away. I am so happy that Brett never just like barges in and is just like, get out of my room. Well, he has it on tape. True. Well, oh, do, true. <laughs> do we think that was Brett or do we think that was someone else like using Brett's stuff? I think, like a- I think we need to, like, I can't make like a proper theory until we like actually know who is doing that because that was literally like immediately forgotten, I feel like. And I want the videotape you know. stuff to come back so bad like mm-hmm. i'm so interested in it and it's barely been mentioned there are two main mysteries and we are getting the jughead's dead mystery but the other mystery which was to be honest more interesting yeah has been completely forgotten and um please bring it back because i miss it uh, also you know what i realized mm-hmm. like jughead now has to like throw out his his novel so if brett last episode did actually steal it Not now it means nothing yeah. <laughs> right I'm glad this is being brought up because I always wonder where Brett is when they're doing this sort of thing. It's true. So he's making fun of her for not getting in. Oh, my next note, like I said, why is he turning into a fun villain instead of one I wanted to hate? Yeah. I still Um, hate him. Oh, I still hate him for sure, but he's just like more fun to watch. Agree. Yeah. Like Penelope versus Hiram. Right. Exactly. So yeah, my next note, this episode feels like a turning point for him somehow, not narratively, but acting wise. Yes. So we kind of talked about this. They're going to make him write a whole other book. Tell him you don't like the mystery before he's written it. Like DuPont, come on. DuPont was like, yes, boy in the river. Yes. And Jughead was like, okay, cool. So he wrote the full-on novel and he's like, here you go. And now they're like, we don't like it. I think DuPont planned the entire time to manipulate him into using that story. Mm. I also think, how could you not like season one? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh my I gosh. I season one. I have thoughts on this later, actually. So... <laughs> Oh, here it is down here. I'll just talk about it right now because the Brotherhood basically says, yes, sounds like a million dollar idea. Tag yourself. I'm Riverdale saying that their their season two writing is a million dollar idea. <laughs> oh my God. Can they're you like, imagine? Can you not write season one? Can you actually write season two instead? And Jughead's like, yes. And then they're like, okay, so what should we do for the next book? And he's like, how about the Gargoyle King? And they're like, genius. Three million dollar <laughs> idea. The thing that like kind of blows my mind is like, I guess they didn't want to deal with Cheryl's drama about Jason. But I'm also like, was that a different set of writers and they're just like throwing shade at the old writers? Mm. Mm. I don't know. So then we're talking about the Brotherhood, which is the Baxter Brotherhood because they're the Baxter Brothers. This is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. What is DuPont setting Jughead up for? Murder. Like, why does he care that it's about the Black Hood? Can't Money? it be about literally any other serial killer? Like, who cares? Like, Money. does like does he hate Betty? Because, right. like, he was trying to get her to, like, 
not publish her story last week, too. Yeah. So, know. he asks Charles for help. He says he will. Um, Jughead doesn't want to do the Black Hood, Hood storyline. Can we bring back Charles and Chick, please? Because I'm oh my still, God, like... I forgot about Chick. Still sitting here being like, is Charles evil or not? Because every single thing he does is helpful. I forgot about like, Chick. My theory is that he's actually good and he's manipulating Chick, but I would like confirmation on that so that I can realize what's happening here. Please, mm-hmm. that plotline has to be on hold for at least another three episodes. Because until that's, like, figured out and they, like, inevitably go, actually, yes, Charles is evil, mm-hmm. then we're gonna have to come back to these episodes and be like, so then what the heck was all of this? Yeah. So, like, ultimately, like, he kind of has to be good because nothing else makes sense. If he's bad, I'm just gonna be so upset. Like, I can't, I can't take Alice having another blow like that. She'll go insane and then I'll be upset and I can't watch the show anymore. Yeah. So, the guy who plays Brett was on a Riverdale podcast and he said that Alice was going to perform, like, this giant betrayal and we were like, oh, like, this guy's just out here spouting spoilers, I guess. Oh my gosh, when's it gonna come? And I... We think that it's just this episode. So, yeah. like, the spoilers weren't that big of a deal because it was literally about to happen. Yeah. We think that's what this is, but hopefully nothing bad Literally, <laughs> what else could it be? Yeah. Jughead used to call Charles Chuck, and I found in this episode he called him Charles and Chuck. <laughs> so I was like, is this just a cute nickname? I don't know. You don't know. So we have Seaside versus Riverdale. Honey and Charles are here, but then also Brett, obviously. Um, I love that the girls are using knowledge that they would have, like Veronica talking about that island, and mm-hmm. Cheryl knows things because of Thornhill and stuff like that, except Tony and math. I mean, I guess. I, see, I, I clocked last week. I thought, like, Tony was going to pull out some, like, science or math thing that we didn't expect. Mm. And I'm glad that that happened. Okay. I'm also glad that happened. They said the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell because it's a meme. That's why that was written. Yeah. It's a meme. It's just a meme. Cheryl knew Frank Lloyd Wright because he designed Thornhill, which is like... That's such a great Easter egg. What a name drop. Charles will help with Brett. Betty asks Charles to help with Brett. And Charles is like, yeah, I'll help as long as we're not committing murder, right, Betty? (laughs) Ha ha ha. And I'm like, why are you talking so loud? (laughs) Everyone always talks so loud. Keep it down. Keep your crimes down. (laughs) These are all safe. So Betty, she literally just wants to know why she didn't get into Yale. Like, if she didn't get into Yale, fine, but why? Yeah. Can Charles legally use his privileges like this? Probably. Also, does he have the time? Probably. What's your job, bud? Uh, crime. So Jughead is talking about the different uh, serial killers, and he's saying that, like, there's a fishmonger one that guts his victims, there's a social media one who, um, like, stalks Stalks his people, and there's also, like, the Black Hood, basically. Um, the social media one sounds way more interesting than the Brown Hood. Agree. (laughs) Also, the the Dark Toque. The, yeah, the dark toque was right there. I just handed you dark toque. <laughs> People who aren't Canadian and don't listen to this podcast where you guys talk about toques don't know what toques are. They're beanies. Okay? <laughs> beanies. One of the Baxter brothers is dating Tracy True, and they're making it Tracy True's dad who's the killer. Sucks to be Tracy. So, first of all, they're ignoring Nancy Drew. Also, the Hardy Boys are not dating nancy no they've kind of i don't think so they've integrated the universes yeah the uh baxter brothers integrated universe sure so we learn brett's dad paid someone to take his psats for him but those two nancy drew and the hardy boys do crossover yes oh for sure they're in the same universe 100 but i don't think they ever like date okay I don't think so, but I could be wrong. Yeah. I don't feel like looking it up right now. <laughs> um, Brett bought his way into school, and of course, he has no argument for this, so he just throws Jughead under the bus. I love that he couldn't defend himself, so he just decided to, like, throw out some other argument, which is what every dude who doesn't have a point on the internet does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes it about something else. 
Yeah, you're like, you're like, okay, so you've just moved the goalposts. Mm-hmm. I see you doing that. Shut up. Yeah. So who are the Baxter Brotherhood? Who are they? Rich people. Are they like producers? Are they from like the label or like the, um, are they from like the... I think they're the, all the previous authors. What's the late? What's the name for like the label, but like for authors, like publishing. for books, publishers? Are they like from the publishing company? They're the, you think they're the previous authors? Yeah. Why wouldn't they be? Well, I guess if they're if they're called the Baxter Brotherhood, then it's a very specific publishing house. Like it's they only publish Baxter Brothers right. books. Yeah. And granted, my knowledge of publishing houses is very limited to the television show Younger, um, so it's probably inaccurate, but that would make sense to me if it was publishers, because, like, you work with a publisher on, like, what story you're telling and, like, how, as you're writing your novel. Mm -hmm. Um, So that would make sense to me. So Jughead's been lying a lot, and so he has a fight with Betty, and I actually, like, while I was doing my notes, forgot that they made up for a second, and I was like, ooh, do we have something interesting happening here? But then they immediately made up. Yeah. They're like, oh, we could have tension or we could just throw it away. Yeah. So he asks, like, does she think that he doesn't deserve to go? Because that's kind of what it seems like. Yeah. And it turns out that Betty didn't get in because of the Black Hood. And I understand, I I even understand what where Yale is coming from here. Because, like, yeah, it would be bad press and you don't want... Like, not only do you want, like, there don't want there to be problems with the other students where they're uncomfortable, but also, like, you're worried that Betty might get bullied. But at the same time, you're taking her potential away based on the actions of her father. Yeah. Blame, it's, it's the sins of the father. Yeah. For sure. It's entirely unfair. Oh, Especially since there's been a lot of other notable douchebags that have gone to Yale, so. Two. Two. True. Two. But I guess I just... I still get what they're, where they're coming from. Like, there's I mean, there's points on either side. It's one of those things that on the surface makes sense, but then you get into a wire right. and you're like, hey! So, Brett knew about it because DuPont told him, because frick you, DuPont. DuPont's a gossip. And it turns out I'm wrong. Jughead was not on the trivia team. Yeah. Uh, even though it seemed like with the trailer that they were maybe doing that. But after that, I kind of thought that maybe he would be on there... If it wasn't, like, a betrayal, like, he could have been, like, tanking them on purpose. You know, if he pressed the button and specifically said the wrong thing, and then they could get it right, you know what I, I mean? I think that would have made sense. It would. I just don't think, like, potentially the, the quiz, like, master or, like, the guy, the host, yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't have let that happen. They'd be like, um, something's wrong here, you yeah. know what I mean? So, Betty goes to desecrate her father's grave, and Alice comes in and says, hey, maybe let's not do that right now. How did Alice know where she was? <sighs> She yeah, what did she pro- say something? Well, friend. if she found out that like oh what, I think she says Charles yeah, told me Charles told her what yeah, happened yeah and like I feel like she if anyone would understand exactly where Betty would go because like she's probably also pissed as hell at how right yeah um and then ooh I forgot they made up Bughead made up and I was kind of excited for some Bughead drama I kind of lived for the end of two oh eight when both couples were broken up because there were so many possibilities yep. And so I was kind of, I kind of get excited when Bughead fights. Because <laughs> it's like, ooh, what's going to happen now? Yeah. Um. So they have their, like, makeup scene where they're, like, in Betty's bed and stuff. And the continuity in this scene is kind of messy just from, like, where Jughead is supposed to be, like, behind her and stuff. It's just a little messy. Yeah, it's because, like, they obviously had to shoot it from two different angles to yeah. get her face and his face the best. But, like, you can tell that they shot yeah, it from two yes. different angles because... Lily is, like, completely on her back in one and, like, on her side in the other. Yeah. And it doesn't work. And it's like, well, then why didn't you just pick one position and stick to it? Right. They're uh, usually better at that. So that's how I noticed. Um, So he's going to get the recruiter to see how great she is. 
and we have this iconic, incredible zoom-in shot of Brett. Oh my god, it's I made everyone go amazing. back and watch it twice. amazing. It's beautiful. Should we it's go so and check? Funny. We were gonna go and check to see if it was the same director as the Edgar shot. I think, was it Gregory Smith who did the Edgar shot? The fact that this show is leaning hard into the fact that it's basically a, par a parody of a TV show at this point does bring me joy. Do we remember what episode um, was the Edgar one? Yeah, okay, so Gregory Smith did 403 and this one was a different, uh, different one. So this is now the Riverdale directorial style. Do a dramatic zoom in. Chell Steven did, uh, did this episode but either way god i love it yeah and it's funny because he they do it more than once sorry they do it more than once too, yeah and yeah it's funny and it's always on brett oh beautiful it's so good they're just like everyone on set is just hamming it up so jughead told alice about the recruiter i love that he and alice talk yeah apparently just that was soft. gossips so Alice gets the questions for Betty. Um, why would she just leave it in the green room in an envelope? Yeah. She's like a little cheating as a treat. Later she's like, I was so careful. And I was like, were you? It's so stupid because like they just did this plot to get Betty suspended and Alice fired and like put them both in a position for whatever is coming next. Mm -hmm. But I hate it because neither of them are that stupid. Like, first of all, Alice isn't stupid enough to like just put them out there like that or... On, and do it on the day of and like it's just weird and Betty isn't stupid enough to just rip it up and throw it away yeah like neither of them were that dumb like they wouldn't have gotten caught I don't believe you like yeah, yeah because if, if she just immediately gets in then that completely ruins like the flash forward from last episode which is like how did Betty get into Yale how did Betty take Jughead's place in Yale you know if they do this then it's like immediately fixed my favorite thing is that like the implication that if you get rejected from Yale all you have to do to get in is win a quiz show. Yeah. <laughs> Let's name all the better ways to get rid of the evidence. Oh, I eat so it. many. Flush it. Sh Sam stole mine. Burn it. I, I literally said yesterday, just put it in your mouth and eat it. Put she it did. in, just Be put it in your pocket. Leader. Put it in your pocket. They're not going to search you. Yeah. yeah. You could have done anything. Like, I'm not even a criminal and we all knew how to get rid of it. Yeah. They just needed Betty to have an idiot ball. And I was like, really? Literally like put it in your pants. Like, in the same episode, you're trying to prove how smart she is. Put it in your shoe. Take it to the bathroom and flush it. Yeah. Betty, come on. So, we had the returning champs who were Stonewall and the first time finalist, Riverdale, because they didn't have a team before. That's why they're first time finalists. Not sure why every other school has a team, but Riverdale never did. No one's smart. Whatever. Um, there's no way that Veronica, Cheryl, and Tony are the smartest people for this. But, however, they do have great accolades. Like, Veronica got into Harvard, Cheryl was the president, and she got into Highsmith, and so did Tony, etc. So, and like, they, they are... Really cute and really yeah, they're all very smart women, but I just don't know if they were, like, the perfect people to pick, you know what I mean? Like, I mm -hmm. feel like there was, there was some nerd in Riverdale High who would do better than everyone. Her name is Ethel. Right. <laughs> Um, Mr. Honey is, like, so nervous. Why? I hate him. Why does he even care about this? Whatever. Betty says the limit does not exist, which is a Mean Girls reference. That was really, that was that iconic. Was I like Hilariously that. delightful. It's like she knows the answers, which is supposed to make us think, oh my but god, she, Betty cheated, but she didn't, so. Right. I sure. The entire time they were like, oh my god, she knows the answers. I was like, she doesn't know the answers. So. Yeah, I know she doesn't. She knows the answers of her own merit. Yeah. Yeah. I liked Brett calling Jonathan a jackal. That was so funny. <laughs> I liked Joan being like, um, actually, Brett, you're an idiot. Thank you to Joan for actually doing something. Yeah. Like, Jonathan and Joan don't do anything, but at least Jonathan is, like, present sometimes. Yeah, he's, like, all around. Yeah. So I love the final question because Betty knows cars. 
right? Yeah. And we know that Betty knows cars. But you know how she knows cars? Her dad. Is through Hal. So using that, like, her connection to Hal to actually get what she wants, that's great. Yeah. That's, it's, that's good writing. It's interesting. Love reclamation. If this was Fred, if this had been Fred, we would have been like, Fred has helped us from beyond the grave. Mm-hmm. Yes. But because it's Hal, we're like, uh, okay. <laughs> You're like, she, she... She got through despite him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Brett presses the button, but he doesn't know the answer, which is, like, something that happens on quiz shows. Oh, it, it happens on, on like, Family Feud, Feud all yeah. the time. Yeah. And then when they're like, good answer, good answer. And you're like, no. Code for that they are overconfident because they know that it's a bad answer. Yeah. So then they win, and Jughead goes up to Betty, and it's just like, we're going to solve all the mysteries, and we're going to eat a lot of pizza, and it's the it's cutest so thing. Cute. That's the cutest thing Bughead has ever done. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And it was all cool. Shout out. That scenes that Bughead writes. And I was like, okay. I understand. That yeah. was the cutest thing that they've ever done. Yeah. 100%. Um, so Betty goes to school and everybody's clapping and literally no one in the school should care this much. Yeah. Mm. It's just, they just would not care. And everyone clapped and everyone was there. It's true. I was there and everyone clapped. So then Mr. Honey's like, hey, Betty, you're a piece of crap. And he says this in front of other students. How embarrassing. Well, He's not a very good principal, is he? Yeah. So, busted. Um, she's suspended, and also Stonewall wins, and also she has to say goodbye to Yale, basically. Um, we think this is potentially the betrayal that Sean was talking about on that podcast, and uh, now she's also fired, basically. But also, like, now we know that Betty's still going to Yale because of that last flashback, so clearly, like, she must prove herself. Right, so, like, what happened there? That's the big question, I guess. Um, hey, Brett, you ruined my girlfriend's life, but here's my question. Brett okay. must have known something to for him to know to go through her trash he would not like go through her trash just like out of like a a coincidence you know like he must have known there was going to be something in her trash for him to know to go get her trash does that make sense okay but have we established that it was brett i i I think so jughead is like hey why did you do that oh yeah and he's like sorry sorry you're right i don't think brett says like yes it was me but he says but he doesn't deny it but he also didn't say yeah i broke mad dog's leg that's true. Good point. So anyway, he must have known something. He must have had some intel to know to go to her trash. Yeah. So Jughead says, hey, if anybody in the secret society has problems with each other, duel. We hawking Dawn. Guns drawn. You're on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got halfway there. So then Brett talks about Betty crying over his dead body. And he's like, that's not going to happen. And we're like, cut to Betty crying <laughs> Betty over his dead, dead body. Um, I'm confused. This is confusing. This last little bit here. I'm like, I, I don't really know what happened. I enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. So flash forward. Barchy trash. I am. And I'll admit that proudly. (sighs) Yeah. Am I sensing Barchy vibes? Okay. So flash forward. Why did Betty hit up Archie and not Veronica? He was Jughead's best friend. As Kevin said, in the pilot, their end game. Their end game. (gasps) Is this the writer's... (laughs) Finally declaring it. But Veronica has said multiple times to Archie that they're endgame. Yeah, but when she says it, it's ironic. And Mary said to Archie that he and Veronica were endgame. Oh no, man. (laughs) Either way. Either way, someone spoke those lines on this show in, in, in like 2020. Is this before they were charged? This timeline is deeply confusing. Yeah, and also, why is Archie being charged? And why does it seem like it's Betty, but then it's Archie, and then, like... Because they, like, tried to cover it up, but it was Betty who actually committed it. But, like, is Jughead even dead? What is going on here? I'm confused. For a long time, I did not think he was dead, but then they showed us his body, so... I feel like they're acting out one of Jughead's novels, and so, like, at the end, we're gonna find out, like, oh... 
we were showing you clips from Jughead's movie or like the book about, or the movie about Jughead's book. But like, where are the Baxter brothers then? They are the Baxter. Maybe the real Baxter brothers were the uh, friends we went along the way. Okay. Okay. I guess my thing is that like during the hiatus, what I was going to do was like take all of the flash forwards and put them in order. Mm -hmm. And I never got around. I didn't. I never got around to doing that. But now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know if I could. Right. I don't think you could either. Because they don't make sense. Some of them don't have timestamps. Yeah. Like Lost, my my favorite show. Um, there are flash forwards at some point in the storyline, but it's always like clear when in the timeline that it has happened. You know what I mean? Yes. And also it like takes place about different characters. So it like kind of doesn't matter if you're talking about different characters, like when it happened, but this is like about the same characters and the timeline is really confusing. It's really unclear when everything happened. Like, I don't know if this is when after they were charged, which means that they got off and they didn't like, like it didn't stick or if this is like before they were charged and like, I, yeah, I just don't know. Like, it's unclear. Hi, welcome to Riverdale, where the dates don't matter and there are no freaking rules. Sam, will you talk about the Barchi content we are, we are getting? I just think it's really soft, and I'm here for it. And, like, we got a few Barchi crumbs last season, like, when she broke him out of jail. And, like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't have a problem with Bughead or Varchi. Like, the teen ships are not something I, I invest myself in very much. I enjoy Barchi just... Quite a bit because I like, I, I don't know, I just, I was rooting for those crazy kids. Well, when I was growing up watching or listening, what the, <laughs> reading <laughs> the Archie comics, like the Archie comics, my ship was always Veronica Reggie, Archie Betty. Same. Yeah. So like, I have a soft spot for Archie Betty, even though I am Marchy trash. Yeah. And I'm also veggie trash. I always had him pick Ronnie, but if he didn't do that in certain books, I wanted he and Betty and veggie. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I guess I don't think that this, like, it's very serious, like what they're doing, like with the hand holding and then they like mm. zoom in on the hand holding. Like this isn't a mistake that we're like seeing this, right? right. No, it's deliberate. Yeah. So, like, is that part of the motive to kill Jughead? And, like, also, where's Veronica? Or like, is it just, like, tricking us into thinking that they get closer after Jughead dies? Right. Which is weird because they were close before Veronica even sh showed up. And, yeah. like, Archie was close with Betty in a way that he wasn't close with Jughead and mm -hmm. vice versa. So, like, I don't know. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Um. So, those are all my thoughts on the story. Or on the, on the episode. Same. Cool. Yeah. So let's do segments. And then after we do segments and our trailer reaction, we are going to be talking about the um, musical that they're doing this year and the cast list that we got because we can always learn so much from that sort of thing. Did you guys ever read like the Quidditch Through the Ages like book yep. that, that was that was like published? Yep. And they had like little notes, Harry and Ron in the like margins. Those were my favorite parts. Yeah. And you could like learn things about Harry and Ron just by seeing that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like I'm out here analyzing the handwriting on the like mm -hmm. cast list thing. So I'm excited to talk about it. But before that, Segments. My first segment is asexual jughead question mark question mark question mark and the answer is yes or is yes. I don't care. I love it. Beautiful. And my segment is which milk was the most badass and I think Alice. I, mean, I guess was the Alice only one. because she was like, I'm going to try and make it up to my daughter that her father was a murderer by trying to help her cheat, even though like she could do it, but I need to guarantee it because I'm a good parent. And her response to getting fired is getting day drunk, and I respect that. So, right. Yeah. My segment is uh did the snake parents ob acknowledge their obvious history? I'm gonna say they they didn't really because uh, nothing I mean, happened. 
But yeah. I, to be fair, though, Charles was in the episode, and he is a literal reminder. He's of their an acknowledgement. History. That's true. He is an acknowledgement of their their obvious history. <laughs> we'll take the win. Yeah. And now it's best line award. My best line award goes to Alice for say victory. Victory. <sighs> okay, it's cute. <laughs> She's such a mom. I love that. Me about a mom. She's such a mom. <laughs> and my favorite line goes to Veronica for destroy that pleated khaki trash monster. I you know, know what? Why, but that line speaks to me. Trash so monster good. is exactly what he is. Yeah, I could, he is a trash monster. I could listen to Veronica insult Brett all day long. Yeah. I, I mean, have the time. Yeah. <laughs> and my favorite line award goes to Betty for I mean I fully spiraled in a cemetery. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Riverdale. <laughs> Oh, and my honorable mention goes to Kevin for... Why does every date I go on have to get super weird? God, like, that was, like, a pretty funny line, but I was like, oh, Kevin, I'm so sorry this is happening to you. Kevin's storyline last season was... And now I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. I squished it. Oh, no, I squished it. (laughs) Windows stuffy. (laughs) All right, I know that TikTok. TikTok writes... Now we're going to do our trailer reaction. What a 30-year-old lady talking about TikTok. So the next episode is called Men of Honor, and it is the um, crossover with Katie Keene. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure Katie Keene is on Thursdays, or is it on Tuesdays? I don't know. I imagine it'd be the day after, but I do not know. I do not have that information. I think, it, I think it's on the 6th, which is Thursday. So it's the day after. So this comes out the day before Katie Keene premieres. Oh, okay. Which... That's genius. Yeah, which I'm going to watch. I don't know if I'm going to watch it like weekly, like I watch Riverdale. But it seems like there's more, there's probably more like Riverdale content in this one than there is in Sabrina. Yeah, because there's like none in Sabrina. And I'm really, like none. I'm like, okay, if you exist in the same universe, why are there no witches in freaking Riverdale? Yeah. It's funny though, because like it looks like something I will enjoy even less than I enjoy Sabrina. And, like, I only enjoy Sabrina an okay amount. Yeah. So I'm not interested in Katie Keene. I'm so sorry. I hope you guys are. And that It has a drag fun, queen in it, so... I'm in. Yeah, so we'll see. I don't know. I'm still out. <laughs> I'm definitely going to watch the premiere just to see, like, how this one is, like, a sister episode with this upcoming episode um so we shall see but i'm going to read the little blurb for the episode now lucy hale guest stars as katie keen obviously archie grows concerned for frank no kidding after someone from his past arrives in riverdale Ooh. i don't care betty and alice's investigation into incidents at stonewall prep leads them on a collision course with their number one suspect so betty and alice are working together i Bye. would like to see Okay. Jughead challenges Brett to a duel to settle their grievances while Tony, Kevin, and Fangs seek revenge against Nick St. Clair, who has shown up unexpectedly in Riverdale. Is that where Sweet Pea is? Does he have Sweet Pea? Maybe. Does he have that pea sweet? I think that Nick St. Clair shows up because Veronica knows Katie Keene from New York and she knows Nick from New York. So probably mm. Nick is like with Katie or something. That would make sense. Yeah. That's probably why. Also, I, I don't really, I just don't really know why it's Tony, Kevin, and Fangs who were going against him. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, my only point that I was going to make was that um, I will accept this week's shenanigans if it gives me Alice and Betty like teaming up to yeah. be awesome again. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, lastly, finally, a trip to New York City. Oh, so Veronica goes to New York City. Oh. So maybe not. A, a trip to New York City gives Veronica an opportunity to catch up with her old friend Katie Keene, Madeline, Marisol, Mark, and Skeet also star. So we're getting FP and Alice in the same episode. I'm just saying. Yeah. Okay, so now let's watch the trailer, which, if I remember properly, is literally just a bunch of people getting punched. It's just punching. It literally is. All right, here we go. Three, two, one, play. You have been challenged to a duel. Punch. Punch, punch, punch. 
Go ahead. Four. Five. Six. Like, who is beating the snot at Archie? I think it's Nick. Because it's Kevin who's with him, and Kevin's supposed to be part of the Nick storyline. Oh, okay. Why would he even touch Archie? I'd... Because Archie was like there with didn't his he, like, like oh, yeah. Yeah, Archie. Yeah, and, like, he took him hostage in season last time, two. Or isn't the last time we saw Nick Sinclair that like when he Archie and Veronica like no got Archie revenge on him? Archie went to maybe he went to maybe his but he went to his dorm. school and like beat him up because uh, yeah. because he like tried to rape Cheryl because you know he's a bad person. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so basically this first shot we see Archie and Junkhead, but they're not in the same place. They're in separate storylines, but we see them at the same time. DuPont says that they are doing a challenge to a duel, and so Junkhead and Brett are going to duel. Brett punches Junkhead. Archie's head gets smashed into a mirror. Don't this touch man, my son! This man is back here and he is blonde and doesn't look like Nick St. Clair. Don't touch right. my son! So I don't know who that is. It actually looks like Cagey getting smashed too. DuPont says, may the best man win. Archie is still hitting this man who we see in the mirror because they're in the bathroom and I still don't know who that is. Jughead gets a hit with Brett, which is great. Thank you so, so much for that. Okay, here we go. So Archie's getting smashed into something and once again, it's this guy. Could potentially be Bill or Fagan? Okay. Oh, Dickinson, if they bring that plotline back, I'm fine with it. I don't think it's Dodger, but it looks like it could be Bill or Fagan. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. Or it's somebody who, uh, his Uncle Franco's money. <gasps> right. And he has the last name Andrews. Right. Yeah, so then Archie gets smashed into one of the bathroom sinks and full-on breaks it, but they're in, like, pretty serious silhouettes, so I literally can't- I Stop have no touching I have, my son! Don't know who that man is. The and Kevin says this, out of control sometimes. Kevin says the school is insane, and then they're like, oh, also Lucy Hale is here. <laughs> That's- okay. You're like, okay. <laughs> Sure. Cool. So before we do our outro, we're going to talk about the cast list that we got, which was for um, the variety show, um, a Riverdale High production. It's a variety show, less trauma, more drama, because, you know, every time we do a musical, something horrible happens. Yeah. So less trauma. People die. And of course, I assume Kevin is salty about this because he's always the director. He is not this time. And so he has written, X'd out the variety show, and he's written that it's supposed to be Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Um, so we have names down here. I don't, we don't know exactly what number this episode is yet. Yeah, we don't know when it airs. It's definitely past 14, but Carrie was the 18th episode and... Heather's was the 16th episode, so it should be coming up anytime now. Okay. Um, so the names we have on here, uh, Kevin Keller, Archie Andrews, Cheryl, and Tony, who are doing uh, something together. Uh, Chuck, Clayton, who we haven't seen since Carrie. That's insane. Ooh. We have not seen him since Carrie, so they're bringing him back for another musical episode. Yep. Interesting. I support it. Um, Fangs, Sweet Pea. Sweet Pea is alive. So he's here. I'm thrilled that he is here. Thank you. And he's alive. Yes. And Fangs was right before Sweet Pea, which means they probably signed up at the same time. They were together, probably. Thank you. Um, Mrs. Burble? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Reggie, Valerie, and Melody, who we haven't seen since season two either. I wonder if those are just filler names or if we'll actually see them. Right. Um, Ethel, who has made a dramatic resurgence. I could live without that. Veronica, Betty, and Peaches. So I'm wondering if a lot of these are just filler names or if right. we'll actually see any of them. Right. Because I... 
don't know if I ever want to see Ethel again. Right. So the act that people have done, Kevin says he's going to do Hedwig and we'll talk about that later. Archie says the Archies, which like aren't supposed to exist at this point. Like it's the Fred heads. Like yeah. we don't have the Archies. Um, <laughs> Cheryl and Tony dance routine, Chuck Clayton speed painting. So <laughs> basically this is exciting because Chuck in the, comics is supposed to he's just like an artistic guy who's like a really really nice person and so meeting him here in Riverdale I was like what that's not exactly. my guy it was very disappointing that's not Chuck and so when we had Chuck in 207 when he was like hitting on Josie and they were spending time together and they were dancing and he was saying he like has been going to church and he's been like uh getting into art and everything I was like that's my guy he's just trying to fix his life you know there mm-hmm. he is so the fact that he comes back a year later and he's speed painting my man is following his dreams I'm excited yes thanks Knife juggling? He's just, just an idiot. Sweet pea fire eating? I, I want to see that. Mrs. Burble wrote nine to five, so or she's gonna do to like a five. Dolly Parton type thing. She better be drag. Reggie wrote Beethoven, Beethoven violin sonata number nine. So that's a joke. Sure, all right. No, I think he's talented. Okay, great. Um, Valerie and Melody wrote just ABBA. Sure. Be more specific, please. Um, Ethel wrote Madam Butterfly. No one asked you. Veronica wrote Hula Hoop Extravaganza. Betty wrote Escape Artist. I would watch that. Yes. And Peaches wrote Hip Hop DJ Set. I would watch that. So now, basically... Everything has been crossed out to write Hedwig. And sometimes it's in Kevin's handwriting. And sometimes it's in like the person who wrote it originally's handwriting. So like when, I hope you guys are looking at it when you're talking about this. Because I'm trying my best to explain this. So like the Archies is crossed out and says Hedwig. It's in, I think, Kevin's handwriting. But it's in pencil. Yeah. And the only person who wrote in pencil was Betty. But it's not Betty's handwriting. I think Hedwig for Cheryl and Tony has been crossed out and that's Cheryl's handwriting potentially, but it's not in pencil. Chuck's is Kevin's handwriting. Fang's is his he- is Kevin's handwriting. Sweet Peas is in Kevin's handwriting, but it's in a different pen than he's been using before. It's confusing. The art department was like, I don't know, just write stuff. Mrs. Burbles is not crossed out. I still want to see her perform 9 to 5. Reggie's is crossed out and it looks like it's in Reggie's handwriting. Valerie and Melody's is in their handwriting. Ethel's, I think, is in her handwriting. Veronica's is definitely in her handwriting. Betty's is definitely in her handwriting. And Peach's looks like it's in her handwriting. So basically what we think is happening here is that they wanted to put on Hedwig and Mr. Honey was like, absolutely not. And so now we're doing the variety show. And so what they're all doing is instead of performing the thing that they want to perform is that they're all going to perform songs from Hedwig. So it's basically going to be Hedwig. Which I support. Yeah. However, today I did some research on Hedwig and the Angry Inch because I don't actually know a whole lot about it because contrary to popular belief, I don't know every musical. (laughs) what yeah and so all i really knew about this one was that neil patrick harris was in it at one point and if you look at the synopsis it is not like super appropriate for high school like at least even though carrie and heathers weren't super appropriate at least they had like a high school version that they could perform i don't think hedwig has a high school version and it has it deals with a lot of 
uh, gender issues, um, like transgender um, content and everything, which is not the problem. Uh, that's not the thing that makes it kind of inappropriate to do in schools. It's just that it has a lot of sex and genitals and a uh, genital talk and everything, which doesn't really make it appropriate. Um, the other thing that I noticed was that almost every single song is sung by Hedwig. So it wouldn't really, that's probably why um, it doesn't have a high school version because literally it would have like a cast of like three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that doesn't really, it's not really conducive to like a learning experience. So obviously Kevin wants to do Hedwig. And um, so I guess the reason why everybody's name is crossed out and says Hedwig is because they're all going to sing songs from Hedwig as Hedwig because Hedwig's the only character that sings. Does that make sense? Yes. yes. Either way, it's not Beetlejuice. I'm sorry to let everybody down, but I tried my best. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that's it. I think that's all I got from it. But if anybody has figured out anything else, also, if anybody ever finds out <laughs> when Sweet Pea wrote NM next to his name in the, on the Heathers cast list, Mm -hmm. Can somebody please tell me what NM stands for? I've been thinking about it for two full years. Amazing. Uh, well, I guess it's been one year, but still, I'm upset. I think that's it. I think that's what I've got. I think that's all I've gotten from it. So okay. if anybody, like I said, if anybody finds anything else out that you think I missed, please let me know because I am interested in every single detail I can find. Um, cool. So now it's time for our outro. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Please, if you are so inclined, write us a review on iTunes. We like those. And we also have a survey. It's in the description. Just tell us what you like about the show, what you think we could work on. We would love to hear from you. Um, and with those iTunes reviews, if you give us um, some reviews, then it's easier for other people to find us when they're just like searching Riverdale Podcast. And uh, that'd be really helpful. Thank you. If you're a fan of The 100, we'd like to talk about that show, too. We uh, just went to Unity Days, which was, if you're listening to this in the future, was in January 2020. Mm -hmm. And we are gearing up to cover the final season. Oh, boy. If you're a fan of Lost, we'd like to talk about that show, too. We did all of season one, and we are almost to the end of season two. We are currently uh, uploading those monthly, and it is spoiler-free. So if you're watching the show for the very first time, you can listen, because we have a spoiler section at the end for people who have seen the whole show. And it's our longest podcast, and it goes the most in-depth. So if you're looking for character work and uh, theological stuff, that's, that's where you find it. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, we'd like to talk about that show, too. Um, it is a delight. All of season one is up. I guessed it on a couple of those. And we are currently working on season two through all of 2020 uh, and then season three through all of next year so that we can make that hiatus a little bit shorter. <laughs> Woohoo! If you are into Star Trek, we just launched our Picard pod. The show is brand new. We are brand new. We're having a really good time. Robin's in it a little, but she doesn't really understand Star Trek. So she comes, gives her appearance, her impressions as a newbie. And then Sam and I talk a lot about Star Trek, which is like our favorite hobby. So you should come join us. Yeah. Sounds like fun. Thanks. You can join us every Tuesday on the TV Co. app at 7 p.m. PST. Um, we just rewatch the previous episode. So if you're listening to this podcast the day that it comes out, we will be rewatching this episode tomorrow night, Tuesday night, 7 p.m. PST on TV Co. Uh, you can also check the description. It has some more information. Um, but yeah, we would love to have you. And um, we go through any theories that um, we may have that you think we missed. We would love to have you. You can follow the aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Rebel, YouTube, but mostly Twitter. Robin makes gifts of her favorite line awards on Tumblr. So if you use that, Reblog them. Please. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash theaficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating because it's really expensive, especially um, at the beginning of the year, which is when all of our SoundClouds kind of like tick over. And oh God. Yeah. Yikes. 
You can follow me on Twitter at Appertania, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey, that's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-R-E-Y, pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me at Sam Casey's, that's S-A-M-C-A-S-E-Y-S. I also write reviews at TelltaleTV.com. You can check those out there by searching my name, Riverdale, or Star Trek Picard. Or it's in the description. Yeah! Easy! Join us for our next episode, which is 412, Men of Honor. So Men of Honor is a 2000 American drama film starring Robert De Niro and Cuba Gooding Jr. I love Cuba Gooding Jr. Okay. It's inspired by the true story of Master Chief Petty Officer Carl Brashear, the first African-American master diver in the United States Navy. Cool. So I'm not sure how this is going to be relevant to the episode, but I'm excited to find out. We shall see. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye.